Dallas.com. And today I wanted to discuss something that's quite the political hot button, which is the First Amendment. Now, often you'll hear people say, they're violating my right to free speech. You can't say that. I'm allowed to say whatever I want. So I would like to take some time to break down what the First Amendment actually does for you. So first off, the text of the First Amendment says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble or to redress their government for a redress of grievances, which basically means that under the First Amendment, they guaranteed your freedom of religion, they guaranteed the freedom of the press, and they guaranteed the right of people to get together and protest. But that's the government. The First Amendment protects you from the government shutting down speech. And right now, with what's going on in the NFL and who kneels and who stands and whether it was an accident, now we have entire teams staying back inside the locker room and not even coming out for the national anthem to be played. And then you have our current president who um, not only goes live on TV and is name calling when the tweets heard round the world for the NFL and then kind of gets into a, a word war with basketball and football players so that this past Sunday and last night you see all of these different acts. Now what the president said was that they should get fired. Now just because he says that doesn't mean that it's going to happen but the reason that this falls into the First Amendment category is because obviously He's part of the government. Now, he doesn't have the power to go into the NFL. He doesn't have the power to go fire anybody. However, when you have a government official saying, we don't like your speech. Now, freedom of speech means that it could be what you wear, what you say, wearing a certain armband in protest during Vietnam, um, there's a certain way, you know, I mean, your do-rags, the colors. The government can't come in and stop you from doing that. And so the government can't actually come stop you or fire you from your job because you decided to take a knee during the national anthem. Now, is that disrespectful? It's disrespectful to some people, and to some people it's not. It's a showing of support of saying, hey, there are some cultural issues in our country that you need to be paying attention to. But I really think that too many people think that the First Amendment protects everybody from everything at all times to say whatever they want. And the best example I can think of is that Duck Dynasty show. Do you remember that show? I remember that show. Uh, okay, so do you remember the episodes where they, I, I don't remember what topic, I think it was um, same-sex marriage was what set everybody off. Oh, but oh, oh, I do remember this. this uh, they I, were I on think A&E, yep. and I'm pretty sure that it was the same-sex marriage topic, and, and they went off and expressed their opinions. And then A&E put them on hiatus and then subsequently canceled the show. And you heard this huge outcry of, 
you can't do that. Um, this is our right to free speech. They have a right to free speech. That's right. You have the right to free speech. But A&E is not the government. A&E is not, it's a, it's a cable station. So A&E can shut down your speech because guess what? They don't have to run your show. Just like my producers here don't have to run my show, but I can't sue them for violating my First Amendment rights if they don't like what I say because they're not the government shutting me down. So this is why this football conversation and the back and forth between the basketball players is actually kind of interesting because your First Amendment guarantees you your right to peacefully protest. And I don't know how much more peaceful you can be taking a knee. Now, it's insulting to certain people, but I think that some of the um, social issues that are being ignored on a large part are also insulting to certain people. So they're peaceably protesting and you have the highest government official in our land saying they need to be fired. Now, aside from how you feel about being political, how you feel about the flag, it's problematic when you have people who are peacefully protesting and you have a government official saying that they need to be fired for that protest when they're not hurting anybody, they're not even using words, but taking a knee is called symbolic speech. So even though you're not saying anything, the act is, it falls under free speech. And then it becomes a bigger problem when this very same government leader wouldn't condemn people a few weeks ago when you had people rioting, literally carrying torches at a neo-Nazi rally, and yet nothing was said about shutting them down. So it's very interesting because let's say he was able to go in there and fire the players. That would be a violation of the First Amendment. And while we're on this topic, I was discussing this with several friends, talking about the football players, talking about that issue. And then one of my friends started to have an issue because she said that her kids got a school-wide text that said, you know, we're having the meet us at the pole. Um, I forget the actual name. Do you know what I'm talking about, where everybody gathers around the flagpole and they pray in the morning? Uh, vaguely, yeah. Okay. So they sent out a school-wide text to all the students and parents saying, we're going to have the CU at the poll on this day. And my friend started saying that that was a violation of church and state because the school is a government actor and they're promoting this religious thing. Well, that's not actually true. What the First Amendment says is that Congress is going to make no law respecting an establishment of religion. That's really fancy talk for we're not going to make a rule saying that you have to follow one religion because you have to remember the founders came from England and under English rule and under King George, they were being forced to practice in the Church of England. And if you didn't, they would put you in the stocks. They could whip you. They would kill you. They would do any of those very old-fashioned torture methods because you weren't a member of the church they wanted you to be a member of. So when they were drafting the First Amendment, they wanted to be very specific and say, Congress is not going to make any law saying that you have to go to any particular church. And then the second part says, we're not going to prohibit the free exercise thereof, which again is really fancy lawyer speak for, we're also not going to prohibit you from deciding to worship turtles if that's what does it for you. We're not going to say that we're going to endorse this one religion. We're not going to force you to practice this one. And we're also not going to stop you from practicing whatever religion you want to. Now, the confusion, I think, with this comes in when people are, there was a really famous case and it involved the Seventh-day Adventist church. And so this one employee kept missing days because it was part of the religion. But 
their employer fired them because you keep missing work, you keep missing work. And at that point, it's no longer about what religion you're practicing, it's that you're missing work. And they tried to file under First Amendment rights. And the thing is, that wasn't the government shutting your speech down. That's just, you're an employee whose schedule doesn't work with ours, and they can fire you if it's not, they're not forcing you to practice or not practice a religion, but you also don't have the right or are entitled to having a job there. So if my friend with this text message, she's really been out of shape and she was saying, I want to see uh, pagans at the poll. And I asked her to what end? Because on the one hand, I very much understand. If you're going to support religion and you're going to say, hey, we're going to have the meet you at the poll and the kids are going to come pray, but then you're not offering it for anything else, I can see how it looks like a school's endorsing religion. In reality, they were just sending a notice saying, hey, if you're participating, it's this day. Now, a problem would come in if the school forced all the students to go out, link arms, and pray around the flagpole. That is a violation because a public school has funding from the government, so it's considered a government actor. And if a government actor comes in and stops you from praying around the flagpole or forces you to pray around the flagpole, then the government has violated your First Amendment right to be free from practicing religion. But just sending a text message saying, hey, this is the day and time, is not a violation of your First Amendment right. So she kept, she kept going and she's like, but Stephanie, you know, I just, maybe I'm being overly sensitive, but I know how the people are here. And I think that, you know, we should have, a, you know, a day of Muslim prayer. And it just made me laugh because I told her what is very popular in a lot of legal s circles, which is you vote and you move where you like the laws. So. In Texas, pot's not legal. If pot is really your thing, guess you can go to Colorado or you can go to California. It's legal there. You can vote with your feet, so you can go to where you want to be. And I was teasing her. We grew up in Southeast Texas, and I'm like, you're in the middle of the Bible Belt. You shouldn't be expecting anything different. You know that that portion of where we are is not going to change. And her response was, it was the way that her children, who are not the popular religion down there, get treated because they are treated differently. And I said, yes, that, that attitude in the Bible Belt is going to be treated differently, but who's doing the different treatment? Is it really the school? Is it really the government who's doing this different treatment? Or is it just the people in general? And then I continued to give her a hard time about living in the Bible Belt because that's where I grew up. And so when you're listening to all of these things about who has the right to free speech, the football players are employed by the NFL. If the NFL wants to fire them for what they're doing, the NFL can, and that is not a violation of their First Amendment right because the NFL is not the government. But when you have a government leader who's saying, we need to fire them because they're protesting this way and it's disrespectful, that's a problem because technically the government's not even supposed, you can talk about it and the, the president has his right to free speech as well. But to advocate for firing somebody based on speech because they're protesting is definitely a violation of your First Amendment rights if you were to actually get fired. So I know that this is very complicated and the First Amendment is quite long and this is the same problem that we're running into with this administration and their opinion on the press. So you keep hearing, oh, that's fake news. There was the CNN, what, um, they started having a contest to find which one could do the best CNN Trump meme. You know, the one where he flew out of the, uh, the boxing ring and was hitting uh, the CNN symbol. So yeah. they started having a contest for all of these. And then you have the president who is keeping certain 
he's keeping certain news stations out of briefings. Like when he met with the Russian, uh, it was the Russian government officials in the Oval Office, he kicked all of the press out. Well, that's not exactly prohibiting the press from doing their job because they can report that you're in there, but it's also limiting that free speech. And so we're seeing that a lot with this administration, which I still find very interesting because this entire administration, it's been fake news, we don't want them reporting, so shutting it down there. Then we have a neo-Nazi rally, and we get told that everybody's bad actors on both sides. Now, I don't understand, and then we get to where, oh, we should fire the NFL players because they're kneeling during the national anthem and we don't want them to kneel. And right before I cut to break, I want to remind everybody that before, um, years ago, when I was a little girl in the NFL, the football players were never even out on the field for the national anthem. That only started happening later on. I mean, that's happened in my lifetime. So some of those groups that are staying back in the locker room, in my opinion, are probably handling it the best because now they're just like, you know what, we're here to play football and we're not going to get involved in that controversy. That being said, everybody does have that right to free speech and it is very scary when you have government officials saying they want to shut you down or fire you for you practicing what's guaranteed to you under the First Amendment. And on that note, we're going to cut to break and we'll be back shortly. More of Total Disclosure with Stephanie Holland is next. Kept in a prison, in a prison of about the First Amendment and really try to give everybody who's listening a little more context for how it evolved into what it is now. When the First Amendment was being written, they had just come from under a government regime. They, they had a king and the king did everything from telling them how much they had to pay for tea, they had to let soldiers in their house whenever, they had to go to a certain church, they had to say certain things, they weren't allowed to do certain things without being arrested, put in the stocks and whatnot. And so at the founding of our country, when they drafted the Constitution, anybody who's read the Constitution, it's really not that long of a document, and it just sets up what the government can do. And after that existing for a little while, and there were uh, civil unrest in the colonies, they started realizing that they also needed a set of rules for what the government cannot do. And that's what the Bill of Rights is. All of the amendments to the Constitution are made to say what the government can't do. And this is why we had the abolishment of slavery. We had the women's right to vote. We have all of these things saying that, okay, the government can't take these things away from you. So when they were writing that First Amendment, they were very concerned because they had been writing things about criticizing their government, saying they shouldn't pay as many taxes, and they were getting arrested for it. So it was very important that people be able to have a free exchange of ideas without the threat of the government arresting you because they didn't like what you thought or what you said. And so they drafted it so that 
you can talk and do whatever you want as long as it's not hurting anybody. That's that peaceable. It says to peaceably assemble. That means you can assemble, but you've got to do it peacefully. And they wanted to be able to give the citizens a chance to disagree with each other and to disagree with their government without having people get arrested. And the redress of grievances means that if you think that the government has violated your constitutional rights and you think they violated your First Amendment rights, you can file a case saying that the government violated your rights and you're also not going to get arrested for that. And so there was a lot of thought put into it because if you think about it, the best way to control people is to limit their knowledge. There are certain countries of the world where whichever Bible they use for their religion is banned. They, they don't allow just lay people to get a hold of it because if they were able to read the entire thing, it would give them a lot of knowledge and say that they weren't bound to certain rules. And it's the same way in the United States during slavery. It was illegal to teach slaves how to read. And the reason we didn't want them learning how to read is because then they could read the Constitution and they could read that they were supposed to have certain unalienable rights, that they were guaranteed rights as a human being. And if they didn't know that they had rights as a human being, then you could control them. When they started learning how to read, that's when it became dangerous for the people who were in charge. Now also, one of the points to having the First Amendment and that right to free speech is to encourage something called counter speech. And I cannot recall the website right now, but there is a hilarious website and it's a couple and this is what they do on the weekends. So I, more power to them because it's funny. I don't know where they came up with the idea, but they go around different neighborhoods and they find um, clinics that provide women's health services, more specifically that perform abortions. And anybody who's even driven past one of those has seen all of the protesters who will line the sidewalk so that anybody who walks in to the facility will see the big signs that you've seen with pictures of, of fetuses that have been aborted. Then you'll see the signs that your life starts at conception, you're gonna burn in hell, and you see all these different signs, basically shaming the people who are going in there to receive the service because they're exercising their right to their religion and their right to assemble and their right to protest. But this couple goes out and they make signs and they show up wherever those protesters are and their signs make fun of the people who are protesting, the people who are going in. So like one of them, I can't remember what the sign from the person who was protesting abortion says, but they're holding the sign up that says, screw these guys. And it's got a big arrow over to it. And then they started doing the same thing to the, um, was it the Westboro Baptist Church? Is that, and they started doing that to them too. So they would show up with these signs that would argue with whatever they had on their signs. And that's exactly why that First Amendment was, was made. That's exactly what we were trying to encourage. We were trying to encourage the exchange of ideas. You know, some people have their religious and personal feelings about abortion and some people have different feelings. They're both welcome to protest and this couple goes around and they take pictures and it's quite funny because their signs are always very clever and they'll go stand next to these people and nobody says anything. It's completely silent. It's just a bunch of people holding signs with different ideas and that was the entire point behind our First Amendment. Um, the idea of giving press the, the right to report without getting arrested means that if the press finds out that the government is doing something, um, like uh, they've illegally dumped toxic chemicals on several of the military bases around the United States, 
the press has picked up those stories and is able to report on it and the government, although it casts them in a very negative light, can't do anything about it because we want a free press. We want a press that's able to go investigate and tell us things that we wouldn't know normally because we're not involved in it. And so there was so much thought given to this exchange of ideas. The problem is, I think right now, we're at such a divisive place in our society that nobody really remembers that peaceable part because you have these things that start off as you know general small congregations of people protesting whatever the protest of the day is but then you have the people who show up to do counter speech and instead of just being like that couple where both sides are holding signs and being silent you now have people screaming at each other and then throwing the molotov cocktail and then throwing things at each other and screaming names and then that just creates that mob mentality. So you have two mobs who fundamentally disagree with each other. And I really believe that it's like, if anybody out there listening has siblings, because I have four, it's like when you started to horse around and you know, you're just wrestling and having a good time until the brother takes it one step too far. And then, then it's no longer fun, then it's personal. And now you start lashing out because now you actually want to hurt your jerk little brother who started being a punk. Mob mentality works the same way in these protests. So people are, and they're so passionate. And the thing is, I really can't tell you which side is right and I can't tell you which side is wrong because it's not my place to decide for everybody else. But it is in everybody's interest that they stay safe. And so I would encourage, you know, find people who disagree with you and argue with them, but in a nice way. You know, I, I do this number one for a job and listen to people argue against me all day long. But I can also listen to people who disagree with me and not get mad and not start throwing things and, and not take it personally. So I would encourage, use your First Amendment right. If, if you don't agree or you do agree, you have that right to go out and protest. You have your right to report on it. But you can't cross the line into hurting people. And I really think that if more people understood the ideas behind this First Amendment, you might not see as much of the violence and, and as many of these situations breaking down. I mean, here in Dallas, we had <clears throat> what had started out as a really peaceful protest. Of course, people were fired up and they were protesting and they were you know, supporting the Black Lives Matter. I don't wanna call it a movement, but that was really kind of the theme of everybody who had gone out there and it was peaceful and the cops were there to make sure that everybody stayed settled down and it was fine until somebody used that moment to bring a weapon and begin hurting people who were there protesting. And that's that line that we keep seeing in all of these different protests. So, you know, for those of you who are out there who choose to, to go protest, good for you, use your right, but please, please keep yourself in check. You, you can't go to where you're hurting somebody else. And with that, I think that that's all we have for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time.